0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.
2: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Welcome.
4: Fucking my the police. Obviously, what's fucking them? Is, America. Uh, yeah, a long history of bigoted uh, law enforcement, uh, violence, um, uh, media that uh, gives people unreasonable expectations and understandings of the efficacy of uh, law enforcement investigations and the necessity of uh, same um, structural inequalities. Uh, And, of course, the desire of capital to protect itself using violence. Uh, Those are all the things that are fucking the. It's the worst. That was a
2: really catchy (laughs) intro. Thank
4: you. Mm -hmm. That's our slogan. I'm going (laughs) to set it to It's long, but I
3: think it gets it out there.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it tattooed on my taint um, where Mm -hmm. I put all true things.
2: That sounds Um, painful.
4: It's extremely painful, Katie. But the truth truth hurts. The truth hurts. Oh, we did it. We did. We really did great. How are y'all doing? In uh, and, and week two of um, the general uprising sort of thing, we're all... You know, massive I, civil unrest
3: you, you speak of.
4: Yeah. I'm
2: feeling pretty hopeful and positive. I'm also exhausted, and I yeah. don't feel like... I feel guilty saying that because that's nothing compared to what so many people are feeling. But that is the honest truth uh, it's a, it's a mixed bag of those things. Um, and, and I, and I say the exhausted thing though, because this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of work and sustained effort that needs to be maintained. And so we got to be able to be honest with ourselves and, and, and keep ourselves healthy for this, you know?
4: Yeah, I am after I the first 9 days I was out 8 nights yeah. for like 8 hours every night and I'm taking a few nights off to write cuz we have a new podcast series we're putting together about the history of the police. Um and um like it's this as soon as I stopped I started having like these mo- like violent mood swings like not violent towards people but just like ra- like mm-hmm. I I wound up leaving my house because um I have a, a friend staying with me and I just needed to like get annoyed at traffic and scream at people from inside my car. Um, Cause I, I didn't want to like be around. I didn't want to be like inflicting my personality on other people while I was Mm -hmm. like, and it's sort of like there it's, it's kind of the, when you take a shitload of aggression and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now have been the, on the, the receiving end of extreme uh, militarized aggression for the first time in their lives. Like when, when that happens, there's a point at which kind of like the anger you feel internally over that will will generally bubble out. I'm not going to say that mm-hmm. happens to everybody, but it's certainly like this is not my first time dealing with this. And it does happen on the other end. So, yeah, I'm just trying to like I want to like I'm very frustrated because I, I wasn't out last night. And one of my um one of my uh, my stringers, one of my um my team members, uh, the journalists that I've been working with uh, on the ground got arrested for asking a police officer his name. Uh, and it's on video. Her press pass is visible the whole time. Like, all she's doing is filming an arrest, which she has a legal, constitutionally guaranteed right to do, um, and asks a police officer his name because he is, again, illegally covering his name, and he, um, he arrested her. Now she just got a citation. We got her out, and uh, we're going to fight the citation because they had no grounds to arrest her. Um, but, uh, it's, it, yeah, and, like, today, our police chief resigned, and I think the the fact that, like, there was a shitload of violence against the press over the last couple of days, um, two of my colleagues got really fucked up, one of them was maced in the eyes and thrown to the ground, another caught, uh, Portland police, uh, kneeling on a woman's neck while arresting her, which obviously is the kind of police violence that sparked a lot of this. Jesus
5: Christ! Um,
4: and he started filming that, and the police shoved him back, knocked him down, and then beat him on the legs with sticks. Um, And this was all filmed by a news helicopter. So it's like pretty cool.
2: I said this to you guys before we were recording, but Mm. it's wild to me. I guess it's not wild to me, not after everything we've been learning over the past many years, but couple weeks is how some cities are just really doubling down on the fucking bad mistakes. I mean the police specifically, whereas other cities have, you know, they, they've they withdrawn troops and they've taken a step back and the peaceful protests have blossomed. Uh, and, you know, the violent looting has subsided, you know, but, but other places like where you are, uh, that is not so.
4: Yeah, and I have—I mean, I have yeah. some strong feelings on kind of the way that these things are framed. For one thing, I—I I don't consider looting to be—I don't either, because um, property cannot experience violence.
2: Nobody um, could see me doing air quotes.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted <laughs> to... yeah, I that, nobody,
3: nobody yeah. would. I—I uh, I keep seeing people like frame it like looting and rioting. Like all these things are like together are evil. I don't think any of those people would call shoplifting evil. No, or violence. an
4: act of violence. No, and, and like, like looting is fucking... shoplifting, but the store is closed.
3: No,
2: beating fu- protesters is violent.
4: The fucking CEO of Target even came out and was like, I'm a billionaire. I could like literally pay for all the damage done to our stores and wouldn't notice it. Like it's yeah. Like it's okay. Yeah. I have Target stores in my pockets right now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's it really is fine. Target will be all right.
2: <laughs> yes, I do I do feel bad for small businesses that yes. cannot recoup losses completely that sucks yeah. but yeah it's not violence
4: okay uh, yeah, it, it, but not, anyway it's not the same as yeah you know the, like so, a, a young woman died because the police tear gassed her and it closed her lungs off and if you have if you've ever been in a tear gas cloud that is the the blinding and the pain sucks but when your lungs close especially if you're still as i was in a couple of situations like sprinting for a while mm-hmm. without being able to breathe like it's terrifying and disorienting and sometimes people don't get to breathe again. Like, that's the reality of the fucking tear gas that our police it's have been dowsing right. streets in. Um, during a
2: pandemic. During mm-hmm. a that pandemic. That affects your respiratory system.
3: Gotta love
4: using chemical weapons that target your respiratory system during a pandemic yeah. or a disease that targets your respiratory system. Very responsible policing. It is very cool <laughs> and responsible.
2: Um, it is wild to me also... I wouldn't know how violent the Portland police have been during this if it wasn't for you and and the people on the ground with you because the coverage of it on the news is not there.
4: Yeah, there's some element to which it's starting to be, but like our, our local news has been like has been like drawing a separation between the this crowd of demonstrators who chant peaceful protest repeatedly and all they do is march from uh, one building across a a bridge and hang out and talk for a while and then march back and nothing happens and it doesn't really even take any police resources. And this crowd that assembles in front... And what's been happening for nights is this crowd will assemble in front of the Justice Center. Um, They will heckle and yell at the police. The police have pulled back mostly inside the Justice Center. Occasionally, people will throw water bottles over. What happened the last night I was out was the police actually... Uh, they announced that they had seen projectiles in the crowd, did not define what those projectiles were, and then began firing projectiles into the crowd. And once the police start shooting into the crowd, people start throwing water bottles back at them. Um, And when the police got tired, they started firing heavier munitions into the crowd, and somebody threw a couple of fireworks into the police side to obscure their line of sight to make it harder for them to hit people with the projectile munitions, the rubber bullets and the foam bullets they were shooting into the crowd at random. Um, and then the police were able to claim it was a violent protest because, uh, two, uh, two officers got injured by a firework that was thrown at the officers. After again, officers were filing, firing wildly into the crowd. It's very frustrating. But, uh, if your protest isn't exhausting, the police isn't costing them manpower, isn't running the department out of money. Um, you're not doing anything is, is my opinion on the matter. If I was, if I was allowed to have an opinion as a journalist, yeah, then it's just a parade. Um, Yeah. Anyway, you're allowed to have an opinion as a journalist. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're in cool times as an America. (laughs) I don't know. We're like right on the edge. There's so much like fucking tragedy and hope in the air right now because like you're hearing about you know Minneapolis. When we'll be talking to someone from Minneapolis a little later, like Minneapolis talking about just like removing their police (laughs) department entirely. Um, in Portland, we've even made some major changes. They've announced that they're like disbanding the gun violence task force and the gang crime task force. Which, mm-hmm. like, I-, I think people who don't know much about law enforcement would be like, "Oh, but then there's going to be more gun crime." It's like, no, the gun crime task force causes more gun crime than it does <laughs> to prevent it. Like, they they shoot a lot of people. Yeah, um, maybe we shouldn't have them. Um, and they've removed P- Portland police officers from um, Portland schools, which is good. Um, and you're seeing stuff like that yeah. in a number of of American cities now. Um, you know, Los Angeles is cutting what is, I would say, not a huge chunk of the overall police budget because yeah, the yeah. LAPD budget is fucking outrageous. It's, but it's, it's a
2: sliver, but it is a,
4: yeah. it is a step. It is literally and anything. And most, a, a lot of large cities, the police funding is as much as the funding for every other city yes. service put together, um, if not much more. Um, so while that what is it one hundred fifty two hundred million dollars they're cutting out of the LAPD yeah is not an enormous chunk of the LAPD budget it's a huge chunk of the money that goes to other things that the city of LA provides sure um, and it's a start you know we should trim let's say a hundred percent of the LAPD's budget but right um, right I I do think that progress has to be a a take what you can get sort of thing as long as yeah. it's not like a, oh we got a little bit now let's all start at ag- stop agitating. Mm -hmm. Like that's if that is what happens, then then it's a failure. Well, that was a
2: fear, but I don't see that happening.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 early to tell. But yeah, yesterday, Hollywood got like what, 10,000 people marching through fucking Hollywood. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Um,
2: And Saturday, I mean, everywhere. I mean, over the weekend in Los Angeles, you could drive to every different neighborhood and find community action happening. You could find protests being organized. It was pretty inspiring.
3: Philly was enormous. Yeah. Even like, yeah, like little towns. I keep seeing, um, I was saying before we started recording, I was, I keep seeing people post like uh, these small protests in like these smaller towns and like Texas and, and places and being like, I grew up in this town and it is fucking wild that people are protesting about this in that town. Yeah, um, and more and I more mean, more and more things like that. Of like not even not just the massive places in these big cities, but just like these little pockets where you wouldn't we yeah. ex- wouldn't expect that kind of uh, upswell of of support.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And today, the House Democrats um, uh, unveiled took a, a, knee. a police took a knee. They took a knee, but they also
3: oh, and
4: they uh, wore yeah. yeah, and they, they wore
2: those. It. Sashes. Oh my God. There's a better word for them. I don't know. They
4: they they like, they culturally cloth, right? appropriated, appropriated the shit out of some stuff. It was it was. Cool. I mean,
2: <laughs> it was apparently planned by the Black Caucus. But that photo is oof. Yeah. Um. But they it, they unveiled a police reform bill that has some things in there that have been discussed. Uh, defunding the police is not one of them. Um. Uh, <laughs> also, this. Who knows what this will be received to in the Senate? Um, but it just to show the different world we're living in <laughs> after yeah. two weeks of sustained effort.
3: Yeah, actual, like, um, an actual yeah. eff- effort. I mean, I don't have faith like, in I this remember, bill. I remember, I like, just, just a week ago, there were a lot, all these reports of uh, people trying to like, get in contact with senators and Senate aides and like people in the House. Just, like, asking, like, what will what will happen in response to this protest? And this was, like, early on. And every single person uh, scoffed at the idea. Like, there's nothing. What? Like, no, we're not going to... There's nothing. There's no action that's going to be taken like this. And so whatever your opinion is on what <laughs> what the actual legislation is or whether or not it will pass, a few days later, they
4: tried to do something. hmm um, Yeah. Yeah. And like other stuff, like one of the great things that started to happen is like there's these like Richmond is one city and Charlottesville is another where they have these like fucking statues of Confederates that are starting to get removed Mm -hmm. now just because. And and, and this didn't just start with George Floyd's death. I know activists there who have been fighting to get these things removed for years now. Yeah, it's been a discussion like for so long. It
3: feels like every every conversation about it is just on repeat.
4: Yeah, it's just sort of and but this was kind of like a rising tides lift all boats thing, and so and that's not a meaningless change. That's not a cosmetic, just a cosmetic change. Like it is cosmetic in that it's a, a physical thing that's being removed, but the 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 lack of a presence of statues commemorating fucking traitorous slaveholders in American cities is meaningful um mm-hmm. it's meaningful to the black people who live in those cities and it's also meaningful in kind of the message that it sends Americans and particularly young Americans who who grow up around that um it's meaningful that the the marine corps is banning the use of the confederate flag and that the army's considering renaming bases named after confederate leaders which they never should have had bases named after confederate leaders but mm-hmm. all of this is fucking part of it you know, it's meaningful yeah. that a fucking crowd in Bristol threw the statue of that Colson guy, that slaveholder who like built the city. It's incredible. His, yeah, threw it, just threw it in the fucking river. Like they didn't didn't wait to have the government say they could remove it. it was just like, right, no, they We're just, just gonna, yeah. yeah, We're just gonna take it down and throw it in the fucking river. <laughs> like,
3: and like, a lot of these statues are have al- were also like erected, uh, like yes, after like, in response to the civil rights movement. Uh, as yeah. a huge uh, fuck mm-hmm. you to people. Yeah, um, as a
4: we're still in charge
3: black people thing. Yeah, uh, like look at the look at our statues. Also sorry speaking of dumping the statue in the river. Some guys are trying to fish it out of the river today. <laughs> yeah,
4: They're Trying to fish it out with like one of those sticks you used to clean out a swimming pool? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing.
3: It's a bu- it's beautiful.
4: Yeah. It's it's one of, of the best a lot of vi- that's ever a lot of happened. visual
3: metaphors out there lately.
4: Yeah. And it like all of this, all of the things that are changing around the country, all of like the like, it. it's the kind of thing we're not going to get. I can tell you al- already, like it, is not going to suddenly like sweep Trump physically out of the White House and abolish all of the police departments. I would be all, all on board for that, if it were. But that's still not the America we live in. But we do now live in an America where a hell of a lot, for one thing, I think probably a million or two more people um have either been directly assaulted by the police or mm-hmm. who have had mm-hmm. a loved one directly assaulted by the police. Yes. And that's yes. gonna change how some people vote. Um yeah. and we like the 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 window, we'll talk about this in our interview a little later, but kind of like the window of debate on what is appropriate for for us to have in terms of police has shifted massively over the last mm-hmm. nine days in a way that I would have thought impossible ten days yeah. ago, eleven days yeah. ago.
2: Yeah. Not yeah. I, I I tweeted this, I mean people we've talked about this, everybody's been talking about it, you know, a few weeks ago, yeah, I wanted police reform. I thought most cops are pretty bad, but you'd be hard pressed to get me saying all cops are bastards, not true anymore, absolutely Good. not true, and that and 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 even more so, I don't know anybody. Else, who wouldn't be willing to say that? I actually do. I know people, but for the most part, I'm really heartened by the shift I've seen just across the board from people in my circles, you know, centrists that are staunchly A cap.
4: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. also just yeah, you guys um, have
2: mentioned America a lot, but it's it's not just America doing this. I mean, even with oh, the, that's what the Bristol thing was. Yeah, it's, the, it's the Bristol international thing and, and then, the, um, the
4: French rioting on our Belgium, behalf. Thank you, Belgium France.
2: taking down those Greece. King Leopold statues, which is bad. Yeah. Well, they're
4: they're covering it. Have they taken them down yet? I th- I know that they've been protesting they've been them, but I, I think they're
2: still up. There's some that yeah. have been like fully like chopped. Very, yeah, that's yeah. been
4: nice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're like statues yeah, of King Leopold.
3: Yeah, all the Churchill stuff.
4: Yeah, people fucking with Churchill statues, um, and uh, you know the, and the, then people the,
3: responding like, "But he's not Hitler."
4: Yeah. Yes, you're right. He was half of a Hitler, um, yeah. <laughs> and at the time, that was better than a Hitler. But it doesn't mean we should have statues to him still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
3: half a um, Hitler's not
1: good.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of that shift I see everywhere every day, more and more like, parents of, like, conservative parents even of friends of mine who were like, I didn't realize this. Mm -hmm. Um, And people, like, responding online even just being like, yeah, I used to really support police unions and police, like, all these, like, booster stuff. And I will never, ever vote for uh, increasing funding for police again in my life.
2: Oh, I've Um, got a good one. Uh, (laughs) You guys haven't heard me mention before, probably. I have a friend that I – my best friend from high school uh we grew apart she's very conservative now voted for trump her husband is a trump supporter and and we don't communicate very often anymore but her husband started liking all of my black lives matters posts and the defund the police posts what
3: I know. you didn't tell me that oh wow that it just is, happened uh... just
2: started happening
3: that's wild, folks. That's it. Um, knowing who she's talking about. That's a huge about.
2: cultural shift. Yeah. yeah. It's time for an ad, I think, is mm-hmm. what we're getting to.
4: Yes. Welcome to the worst year ever.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year was a nice break
4: no, that was not. a nice break no, minneapolis is gonna get a nice break from having minneapolis police <laughs>
3: Hey-o. yeah uh
4: we are although seattle
3: isn't gonna have a nice today. break from uh getting tear gassed no they're not d- despite no, they're the just... promise of, thir- of a 30 day break from getting tear gassed yeah. they broke that promise on day two so.
4: yeah, it's it's funny. the police like uh, the the phrase that keeps cropping up that I love because it's brilliant is tear gas lighting um Ooh, and, yeah yeah, it's we we've been having that in Portland too where like two nights ago, well, three nights ago, the mayor came out. <laughs> mayor Ted Wheeler, who is also the police police commissioner and thus directly responsible for all the violence everyone's been receiving. Came out to like talk to the community and like speak with a number of local uh, black and Hispanic activists and like it, the middle of this huge crowd of thousands, and everybody just told him what a piece of shit he was. <laughs> and, <laughs> like there was no respect, there was no attempt at like it was just like no fuck you, we want you out, stop using tear gas, and he he committed to not use the sound cannon, which was breaking people's ears and then he was like and i'll tell them tomorrow not to use tear gas of course that night they gassed the shit out of us of course well i'm
2: glad we can laugh about it
4: yeah Uh, Uh, god uh it was nice yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a nice little break you have had i i will say watching ted wheeler get shouted at by the entire town um like literally thousands of people like this this huge crowd of thousands arrived while well, he was already surrounded by like a thousand people and he got so scared and like tried to leave immediately and like the activist he was talking to was like are you scared of the people of your town Ted like we've all been we've all been getting shot at by your police for the last week like why are you scared yeah. <laughs> like what are you worried is going oh that's so and good I like the next day, um, F- Mayor Frey of Minneapolis, who like made a big show of crying at uh, George Floyd's memorial, um, went out directly into a crowd to speak to them and was asked if he supported defunding the Minneapolis police and said no. And everybody said "fuck off," <laughs> like this whole crowd. I get that, Like the, the New York Times described it as like a, a moment of public shaming. Um, almost, It was almost like incomprehensible It's, oh, it's the kind of beautiful. thing you'd only see you in see like it. a movie yeah, Or a it's TV Im- show it's, yeah. it's impossibly written
3: You'd be like well yeah, pu- like put so it down guys You'd be like, like that's <laughs> It's um like, yeah
4: I'm- It's bizarre it's so wild to see I'm gonna admit, watching Wheeler get shouted down like that, I was a little bit hard. Like that was. I, mean, that was, <laughs> that was I get it. Nice there moment. are a lot of there are a lot of like comeable moments. So that's yeah, your that kink, Robert.
5: Okay. All of this.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm in the um, bear shaming. <laughs> um, yeah, the zoom the zoom calls are amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those conversations. I keep I I keep thinking about like, imagine if Pete were mayor of South Bend right now. Yeah. Like, what is? Oh my to god.
4: Be? Tear I gas, wish. Pete, yeah.
3: Um, oh, on the lines of uh, the, the tear gas lighting, it's really interesting because this is all, like we keep we bringing up like Ferguson time period um, during all of this because it's all like intensified echoes of what we saw during that. Um, and this is the same kind of thing about tear gas, but I also, uh, <laughs> you keep seeing police uh, accounts sharing these tables of items. And it's heartening to me to see people look at those tables of items that like protesters through, you know, and just everybody going, Fuck you. This is
0: bullshit.
2: Yeah. Um, Robert, mm-hmm. you mentioned already that we are speaking uh with somebody from Minneapolis later in the episode. Um Sure
4: are. we sure are.
2: Should we give our listeners a little bit of a rundown of what's happening there just in case they they don't know?
4: Yeah, I mean, so the people of Minneapolis revolted against their police department after the the murder of George Floyd. Uh, they laid siege to the third precinct uh, and eventually, mm-hmm. through sheer weight of numbers uh, and running the police out of munitions, uh, forced the police to withdraw. And then they fucking burnt the precinct down. I mean, um, <laughs> the National Guard and other police have been called in, and so like some areas of Minneapolis have like you know are are being essentially policed by everything but the Minneapolis PD but uh chunks of the city are kind of letting them be for the most part because like they um made their feelings on being policed pretty clear um and there's kind of a like it was announced i think yesterday the news dropped um so like sunday that a veto proof majority of the Minneapolis City Council was going to be disbanding the Minneapolis police and kind of replacing it with something new uh, a public safety council or something like that um and i and we, i don't think we know exactly how they're, like they're still what trying to figure out like. like what that looks like mm-hmm. um but it's kind of an acknowledgment from the elected leaders that like we can't reform the Minneapolis police yeah. we have to get rid of them and like obviously there's in there's jobs that they do that are necessary like there's people who investigate murder mm-hmm. murders should be investigated but we can't fix this it has to be replaced.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: It's and,
2: incredibly exciting.
4: Yeah. It's a good move. And, you know, you, you're seeing an increasing a lot of, you know, a sizable chunk of the activists in Portland are demanding Portland police be disbanded. I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen, you know, there, there's, I think, a larger movement for kind of completely disbanding the police than there has been, but that's still a pretty fringe uh, political statement nationwide. But I think a, a sizable chunk of Americans agree with um, reforming or reducing their funding. So I do think you're going to see, like, again, kind of different steps taken in different areas. But Minneapolis is going to be kind of on the forefront of experimenting, like, what if we just tried something totally different? So uh, that it's going to be of the stories to continue to be watching in the next year or two, really, and more. Minneapolis is, is I think, a really important one to keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, because also even just in talking about it, uh, that changes public opinion and perception. Right. like of
2: what's possible. Uh,
3: Yeah, and just like simple things like, okay, uh, in this situation, it wouldn't be a police officer, it would be this. Um, So even before you see the effect of it, I think people will open up to it more because when you hear about it, it makes sense.
4: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a police abolitionist. I think we need to figure out something else. But I'm also like, uh, okay, well, if this police department cuts their staff by 30%, this by 25% and they remove these weapons and like that's better than nothing. And I'm not going to stop pushing for police abolition, but if I can have 30% fewer police and have them be less heavily armed while I'm pushing to get rid of the rest of them, that, that strikes me as an an acceptable tactic, you know? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I have seen people push back on because of, because of the, they easily conflate abolition with defunding and these other plans. Um, out of, like, this weird fear that, like, well, mm-hmm. they do this, and then they'll do the abolishment and stuff. Yeah. Like, even the uh, that mayor who got shamed, Frey, he was asked, will you commit to defunding the police? But his answer was, I do not believe in fully abolishing the police. Mm-hmm. Which isn't an answer to the question that she asked. Um, so there's a... Yeah, I don't know. it's It's just interesting how people view... Both of those things, and where one will lead, but use like using the abolition possibility as an excuse to say that we shouldn't do things that everyone agrees are good,
4: yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. y'all um, I, don't know. I wanted to talk a little bit about you know one of the things that's kind of kind of worrying to me is sort of there there is this element of kind of co-opting some of these protests. you saw there's these photos yes. going around of like one of the guys leading some who's not leading, but he just kind of like stumbled into the front of one of these marches in n- n- new york city uh dressed like a black panther with a megaphone but also yeah. like super chummy putting his arm around the police uh mm-hmm. com- uh inspector oh, who yeah, was like yeah yeah, yeah 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 and he like turns out he's like an instagram model and stuff who's not even from new york hasn't lived there long is just kind of trying to co-opt and we have, we've had something like that in portland too this is yeah, like yeah yeah we we had like this this chunk of and, and again, one of the problems is that when, you, when you're looking at these massive marches, they're not organized usually by like a, a strict hierarchy. Like there's just sort of an activist community. And it's like, oh, we have people who know how to be the folks on bikes who make sure that the group stays together and who scout ahead. We have folks mm-hmm. who know how to be medics. We have folks who know how to like be in the middle of the group to stop it from panicking if they get gassed and to like help keep people together. We have folks who know how to like lead chants and folks who know how to like help you know, keep thousands of people together as they march through a city and everybody just kind of does their job. But because the people who really know what they're doing are kind of doing their job and watching out for the police, um, you you can have sometimes people just sort of like start chanting in the front and get on a bullhorn and kind of try to make themselves into figureheads of the movement. And we had this happen in Portland recently, too, where like these folks that nobody really knew got in front and started kind of co-opting the march and doing weird stuff like refusing to try to push past a police barrier when they had the numbers to do it without asking anyone what they wanted to do. Um, mm. And it turns out later that like one of those, the, the initial folks who was like trying to become the face of this movement in Portland um, was a convicted pedophile who'd raped a five-year-old um, and who Jesus. had just gotten out of jail um, and was a model and trying to, and he was a, he was a young black guy. He was a model and was trying to like, reinvent himself this way and it's like um a lot of shady stuff happening people with like that nobody knows who are kind of like one of the things that's been happening is um the uh the kind of activist communities have been trying to like make sure that they're putting um uh, uh, people of color up front and center which is good and important and a lot of really good activists um around the country right now um are 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 you know people of color who are kind of dominating and and leading this movement in a way that's really important but it's also the fact that like they're they're trying to put new voices up front means that like people that folks haven't known as well are winding up in the front of some of these movements and Mm -hmm. some of these people are like take like shady as shit right. Um, right. and it, it's this problem when you're putting a bunch of new voices up front is that some of them are going to be, some of them are going to be working with the fucking cops, right? Yep. Like that's, that's the situation. Um, because it's profitable sometimes to work with the cops and because they, I think a lot of them think that they can make a bunch of money out of this once kind of the, the, yeah. um, the revolutionary fervor dies down. And I think that's a worry that, um, everybody of, of all, uh, groups who cares about, really making meaningful chains needs to be concerned about. It's like, if you see someone at the front um, of one of these groups um, for one thing, like I don't, Trust the phrase peaceful protests because peaceful protests never accomplished anything. I think nonviolent protest is important. Right. I don't think peaceful protest has any fucking value. Yeah, it's um, a... Yeah, I- I- that's I- Those words don't go together. A non-peaceful but nonviolent protest doesn't have to be looting uh, and burning downtown, although I'm not going to say that's never um, uh, an effective strategy for a movement to pursue. But it does need to be... You know, I, I do think a valid option is draining the resources and the time right. and the manpower of the police and exhausting them and making them hate their jobs and making them feel unwelcome. Yeah. And kind of mentally abusing the cops a little bit to get them to quit. Um yeah. I, I, I think that that's a valuable I think making them realize I think a big part of why a number of folks become police Is because it's been traditionally a respected job, so I do think that if we're talking about a diversity of tactics, one tactic in reducing the number of police is making them hate their job. Yes, Um, absolutely. In addition to cutting their funding, so they make less money, and that there are fewer of them. You know, um, I mean,
2: yeah, it's changing the way we perceive them. If this job is not perceived as high status, then it will not attract the same bullies.
4: Right, or yeah, or the ability to have
2: authority.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I I think we've kind of gotten through all of the stuff I wanted to talk about at this stage before we lead into our um our interview with a with one voice from Minneapolis. Um, and yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I, that's I, perfectly timed with our next ad break. So well
1: done, God. Robert. Oh, You're you. I love ads. Fucking you know, pro.
4: In all of this chaos, the one thing that's never changed for me is my my love and appreciation of products and services. Mm-hmm. God, yes, Raytheon name. proud sponsor mm-hmm. of the Black Lives Matter protests Raytheon will not has never tear Gassed anybody sure they've Helped launch a few thousand missiles at a few Thousand weddings I hey mean now, of course hey now, Obviously hey. But yes. what have they done here with tear gas huh? Exactly no tear Absolutely gas
2: Absolutely nothing Exactly.
4: So support Raytheon in Say its it quest again. To make sure that every newlywed couple Gets a hellfire Missile <laughs> Uh Directly into their family. That is the beautiful dream of Raytheon. And that's the beautiful dream of this podcast. Welcome to the
3: worst year Ever. will get
0: through it together
1: or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
0: If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco.
4: Uh, podcast. <laughs> well, we probably
2: will record a po- the intro to the show separately. No, nope, right? no. Nope, this is
4: all oh. staying in. Katie. That was it. This we Welcome. just introduced the show. This is this is worst year ever. Uh, the podcast, podcast. where
2: yeah. <laughs> we don't run a very tight ship but neither is America so
4: no but you know Katie uh fun fact this is actually not a ship it is a podcast so what yeah what? yeah, what? yeah. What? you you Why have am been I trimming so sails for a year for no reason I've been um,
2: throwing up mm-hmm. everywhere
4: I'm so sorry I'm so sorry we wonder the drama main mean doesn't
2: work yeah okay well that fun introduction
4: uh, was was our way of of getting everybody in with a laugh because yeah. I'm sure like Welcome about back 40 to percent Starboard of you and center. have been tear gassed since the last episode. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh We're 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 talking about the uh, the uprising nationwide against uh, the police, and today we have a guest uh, from the epicenter uh, of this uprising, Minneapolis, Minnesota.
5: Carl, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's, uh, you know, just another day in a new world. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by a new world? Well, you know, since since we watched that murder, um, things here just so so quickly fell apart and have turned into something completely new that it's, you know, it's something I never thought I would see in my life, let alone have... Uh, in my face, the very real possibility that we're going to get rid of our police force. You know, like all over the city, the community's turned into something that I never, as much as this city is different in a lot of ways in that community vibe, it's never been like this. Um, you know, we we essentially have taken over the a large city and demanded that it changes fundamentally how... We do what we do and go about our daily lives. And we're not going to sit and take platitudes or hollow gestures anymore. It's our world now. So we have this whole mentality that anything's up for grabs. And we're seeing that day by day, new things, new attitudes, new views on what we want. And yeah. it's it's totally unique. I've never in my life experienced anything that felt simultaneously like a candlelight vigil, a powerful moment of anger and sadness that's had decades of building behind it, and this other sense of just, like, hope. Mm-hmm. And that that sense of hope, I think, is something that, if nothing else, is one of the more truly uplifting things i've ever seen and it beats out any of the corporate manufactured stuff we've ever seen that's supposed to be quote-unquote uplifting and it's it's just it's really in your face representation of what it looks like i think when communities had enough and is willing to say you know what i think it's time for a radical change even if that scares the hell out of everyone but us
2: yeah
4: and you, you know, Minneapolis has seen a number of protests in the not too distant future against the police, uh, against uh, as a result of the police and in, in, in absolutely, effect, yeah, killing black people. Um, when what, what was that? What was the moment, if there was a moment, when you were like, "Oh, this one's different. This isn't just going to be people hanging out around a precinct with signs until they get tired."
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about this and I was looking back because I've been trying to really keep a, a running journal and kind of a day-by-day calendar of both the pandemic when that started and now the uprisings that we're, we're facing. And, you know, I was looking in the Tuesday, so Monday night, that video kind of went live and people here started really, there was talk. <laughs> um, by Tuesday, though, I had gone for a hike at the, at the river, which is right near... Near the precinct. And, you know, by the time I got home at about five that night on Tuesday, I was driving home. I drove down Hiawatha and was stopped by probably 500 protesters. Wow. and it was everybody. It wasn't just um, BLM activists. It was members of the, the Southside community that lived there. It was members of um, different groups that have come out for, uh, for different events, whether it's like the, the the city council, people from the Powderhorn area, where, you know, in like the Cup Foods area at 38th, any, you know, these different groups kind of started to coalesce. And that was maybe three blocks from the precinct and was kind of, you know, the beginning of this thing. And by, you know, by eight that night, about four or five hours later, it was something already different. Um, the police were, you you could hear it. Like I, I was listening to police scanners. I have friends listening to police scanners and you could hear it was different. The the cops sounded overwhelmed. I think Mm -hmm. that's the best, Mm -hmm. the best I can put it. And, you know, from there on in, you know, it was only a matter of time until the precinct fell. And, you know, by the time the cops scattered out of their gated in little parking lot, um, the whole area had already turned into. to, I mean, the closest thing I can say, it looked like the Maidan. Everything yeah. I've ever seen from from Ukraine, you know, this felt like that, you know, by by the time the news really started picking up that wasn't unicorn riot or some of the more personal like, um, level blogs. It was already so, you know, people were, it, it, the anger was so out in the forefront. There was just no way it was going to stop. And that was the moment I really knew that we were somewhere totally new, you know, like we've seen protests. Like you said here, we've seen really tense conflicts between the police and the community. But this, by that point, was so far beyond anything we had ever experienced that, you know, the minute that first rampart got built and they started calling it the Battle of Lake um, Lake Minnehaha or the the Battle of the of the Target, you know, jokingly, it was already a thing, and that's an I knew, and that's an I knew,
4: yeah. And you're now living essentially in. Um... Not entirely post police, but certainly post Minneapolis police in your definitely
5: area. definitely post Minneapolis police. You know, like I said, today's the first day I've seen a cop, and it wasn't a Minneapolis cop, and mm-hmm. and that's two weeks now almost. We're we're really we're we two weeks, and you know that um, it's so weird because it's just it's normal. There's no outside... uh, Okay, and I should say normal in the context of the right-wing invasion that's going on simultaneously on the ground, which isn't being talked about really, but there's that element that's kind of... It really confuses this other situation we're dealing with.
2: Well, can you elaborate a little bit on that?
5: yeah, The The right-wing invasion. So, like, in the midst of the initial uprising, when... The precinct was burning when the when people were kind of commandeering goods from all over to help either protesters or to build uh, barricade walls. Um, There was also this other side that was starting to be kind of noticed both on social media and the police were hinting at it, kind of. And and, you know, it's been hard with them because they don't say very much. But we also know what we've seen, which is that a huge group of kind of unidentified. um, I mean, they're saying KKK, the reality is, it seems more like an insurgency force built of a couple different groups. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're on the ground. And it's, it's a very strange thing that's happened here. You know, um, day one, after the actual outbreak of looting and rioting and burning here, there was an influx people noticed kind of happening of cars that we notice without license plates. Um, And it sounds really innocuous, but it's strange. You notice that in a city like Minneapolis, for some reason, it just started happening. And so, you know, by the time Friday night that the National Guard was being kind of called out, um, you know, they were reporting kind of openly that there were groups of people causing problems. The president, everyone else has lied through their fucking teeth and said it was Antifa. But the reality is we had boogie boys on the ground. So we had the Boogaloo boys were here for sure.
4: For sure. Yes, we have pictures of them. We have them talking about it.
5: I I watched them in person. Um, We also have, though, a couple other groups that I am still trying to figure out who they are. And I have photos of some of them, but they were all foreign nationals. The two that we confronted directly, said they were Dutch and had and had out of date Dutch press passes. Um, A lot of the guys that have been caught here have been caught with either some sort of media badge or something that would approximate one. Um, There's just a lot of real.
4: A lot of people don't know about media badges, but most journalists, you just print them. Like you just correct. you just print no, exactly. them, right. like there's nothing like there's not like a centralized authority that issues your correct. media badges. Some cities it, it, may outside have
5: that, of but, yeah. maybe New York City or L.A. Yeah. where they have press offices. Yeah, yeah, correct. And that's the thing. And so, you know, when when you confront someone who you see driving a car with no license plates and full of people. And they stop The car in the middle of the street get out and confront you as to why you're taking Hmm. photos. You know stuff's going on. And, you know, I've spent a lot of my uh, 20s and early 30s studying and reading up on just anything that kind of approximates what that looks like, whether it's fascist kind of – revolutionary stuff to how the spread of propaganda works and how that looks. And these guys were the spookiest group of people I've ever encountered in real life. And when you have that element um, and there are public, you know, everyone on your social media sphere is kind of saying, well, we're finding, let's say, jars of accelerants around town in bushes or we're finding rags soaked in gas. I mean, for example, my neighborhood has one business in it, and it's a LGBTQ-owned coffee shop. Two nights after the actual fires in the main area stopped, it was lit on fire by someone running down the street. You know, like mm-hmm. there's stuff that's happening. And I think it's a story that's going to come out more fully as time passes, but it's one that I think is important and extremely Integral to whatever the pushback that we're going to see looks like I think you know I think we have to be honest with ourselves that the right is actually going to probably look more and more like an insurgency force like this where it's guys driving trucks shooting randomly uh, lighting things on fire leaving KKK style notes I mean truly like leaving notes in neighborhoods that say we're watching you. We're going to burn you. We're going to burn you alive. I mean, you you have a very odd element mixed into this whole other revolutionary no police thing is we're we're self-policing in the midst of what looks to be an insurgency campaign. So there are these like very odd things going on. Um, And this isn't
4: just happening. I mean, Minneapolis, y'all are the epicenter of this. But yesterday in Seattle, somebody tried to drive into mm -hmm. a crowd and then shot
5: into the crowd. Exactly. Somebody. He was a confirmed
2: KKK member, I believe. Correct.
5: Well, I, there was definitely one that was confirmed. I don't know yeah. where it was from. Because yeah, th- uh, there have been like 20 different
4: cars that have driven Correct. In- in a while. Yeah, and, and several and, of them and have, and have half them shot. cars. Okay, yeah, so at
5: yeah. least yeah. one this of them
2: is, confirmed KKK.
5: <laughs> cr- correct. KKK C- K- leader. Like, not just yes. some low-level yes. guy. Leader. So, I mean, we have to – I think we need to th- – this is something I've been thinking about for a long time. I think we all have been. But there has to be a conversation about what th- that is because that looks a lot more like a – far right Middle eastern terrorist campaign than a traditional american uh, conversation
2: it, yeah. interesting that antifa is the one that they want to designate as a terrorist organization,
5: but that standard operating procedure mm-hmm. for misinformation you know like we're yeah. seeing we're seeing the worst of the worst when it comes to just outright um manipulation of reality and I think you know. A lot of us know what we're looking at, and a lot of people are starting to, but I think this this whole thing that we're witnessing, the re- the uprising, the response, is cracking, I think, the neoliberal shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. In a way yeah. that it, I don't think any—I I know for myself, I never thought I would live to see the day that the shell shook. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, the most shell, remarkable
2: it, things of the last two weeks— yeah, it, it does. does unbelievable,
5: seem,
4: and it, we kind of seem to be on the edge of everything. Like, there's so much good and bad news every day. Like, just today, like the police chief in Portland resigned after a bunch of police brutality. Um, Bennett, the the head, the guy in the New York Times editorial board who let uh, a, a Senator Tom Cotton write about murdering everybody who's mm-hmm. protesting, uh, that yep. guy had to leave. Yeah, um, you have Minneapolis uh, with a veto-proof majority of the city council. Like, you know. Uh, trying to put an end to the Minneapolis Police Department at the same time you've got Seattle police using tear gas two nights in a row after the mayor put in a moratorium on the use of tear gas.
5: I was going to um, say, I believe they didn't because they said they wouldn't, right? Like, that's how yeah. this works now. We didn't oh, yeah. do it because we said we didn't. Don't believe your fa- what you saw. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, 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 and what the Portland police is, has
4: done is like, no, no, no. When we said tear gas, we just meant the um, the, the the CS. We can still use the OC tear gas because it's like that, that was the problem is the type of the flavor of gas was the. Yeah, you know, they're really splitting oh, hairs okay. on like the but kinds that's, of but irritants the they're allowed to use.
5: I think that's the game now is split split the hairs as far as you can, because otherwise they're going to they've already lost control of the narrative for the first time ever. I don't think anyone in any position of power has a response to this that isn't going to look either contrived or racist. And that's a very strange place to be for everyone who's used to being able to get in on something and say, hey, well, maybe we can do something that's performative. As we saw with, like, Chuck and Nancy this morning, (laughs) that shit doesn't fly anymore. We don't – none of us care. It just doesn't work. It looks cringy as fuck. That's exactly what
2: I said. Yeah.
5: yeah, (laughs) And that's that's the reality. Like, that's the thing that we see – we're calling it as it is now, and I think that that's a hard thing for people to manage. I have never seen the right be this quiet because they can't manage the perception part of this. And that social I mean, engineering part is integral outside of the racist part of things yeah. for them, their survival. And I don't know how you anyone has a pushback mechanism against a popular uprising.
2: Yeah. I mean, you saw Mitt Romney at a Black Lives Matter march yesterday.
3: Yeah. Correct. I mean, yeah. even like, yeah, like when you have everyone not only saying like defund the police and things like that and being able to explain it to I hear so many stories of people explaining that concept to their family members who are pretty conservative and they say like, and then it made sense to them because <laughs> it oh, makes yeah, sense. No, so you have it. all these yeah. people talking about this. And then like today, Scott Walker tweeted like defund the police or police reform. I go with police reform. And it's like, okay, so like that's the bare minimum now.
5: Crap. Yeah. Has and that's been, and enforced, that's the thing where like the, the right win- is the like, window. Oh my God, we got to do something. Uh, police reform. The the window moved so far left so fast like mm-hmm. I have whip I have whiplash. Um, yeah. Y- yeah, you know, like I think most of us were kind of worried that we were gonna kind of march off a cliff blindly into some weird yeah. fascist twilight zone because we kind of had been, and now mm-hmm. it's just like uh, yeah, bare minimum is uh, reform at 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 such a massive level. I don't think you can call them reform, and the other direction is. No, please. We're going to figure out a better a better way because there is a better way. And I think what's interesting about all of this and has struck me like since the beginning of the real transformation during the kind of protests into this movement is people really are willing to put in a lot of hard work to build something that works for and reflects their community. And I think that that's going to be, you know, that kind of thing, we're never going to be able to go back. Like conversations can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the the gravity of this has pulled in so much more. And it's unbelievable. And so
4: I'm kind of a little curious, you know, one of the things that made me want to get you on here, um, we were talking for a little bit sort of, when I was trying to get to Minneapolis before Portland broke out in riots. Yeah. Um, and in the week since, or in the week and a half, however long it's fucking been since, um,
5: a lifetime, a lifetime, lifetime, a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, you've started taking part in armed patrols of your neighborhood. Um, and I wanted, wanted you to talk a little bit more about that, about like why y'all are doing that and kind of what, what the, um, um, what sort of purpose you think that's going to serve as things move forward.
5: Well, so I live right in the city, essentially, like uh, when the military was here, we're right outside what they called the footprint, which I have feelings about, but that's a different conversation. And, you know, realistically, we didn't get messed with tons outside of that time. I said um, where we had someone run up and light a building on fire, Um, you know. Outside of that, we haven't had many issues. We've had people creeping around. We've had weird stuff. But the community here started that f- on Thursday night, I want to say, after things got really heated. Um, we – we orga- you know, they had organized already probably like 15 or 20 people and then it increased and increased again. And so there were a number of people and it wasn't armed at that point. And then it switched over to where a couple people were definitely ready to go and things kind of progressed from there. And now – because things have calmed down, we just were kind of reevaluating so it's interesting up north of here north north Minneapolis that's a wholly different thing. What they're doing up there is i think magic they've they've figured out I think how to do a nice balance of both with the community policing because they got. I mean, they were bombed. That's the best way I can describe it. The The two nights after the, the majority of the action in the city and at the precinct, they were attacked by these right-wing extremists. And really what happened up there is they decided we're not – the cops aren't coming. There's no one here to protect us but ourselves. And they've really organized something that I think is a model to export. You know, he, what I'm doing here and what's happened here where I am is I think more of a an experiment that started based on um, – a much more peaceful model and because it's offensive it's different you know it's just such a different concept now that you even are having a conversation like this where we're talking about just people in the public patrolling or watching who are ready to go into action to stop someone from doing something bad and they're willing to put themselves on the line. It was a strange time, you know, we had armed National Guards that would come out in convoys of 30 or 40 troops at a time, plus Humvees, plus yeah. support vehicles. So you have that, but then you have armed citizens basically at night all night for the a few nights during the major parts of the concerning time right after that when we were being told there were white supremacists running around and there were random shootings every night. I mean, it... It's become something that feels normal now, but like that's 10 days. I think this is a really easy thing for a lot of people to understand when they're in that moment. But when you've never been faced with the situation that your neighbors who are way more um, at risk than you'll ever be are being threatened by people who really have no problem hurting them, it changes the whole dynamic. You, You know, like for me, it was a simple. Why wouldn't I? Mm hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. and and there's so many things I think a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, that's that's extreme or something like that. And I think what what I'm realizing is, yeah, it looks extreme, but it looks way less extreme than watching someone get choked to death on the ground for eight minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and frankly, my neighborhood is sweet and the neighborhoods who adopt this. I think are going to see I think we're going to start to see great numbers when it comes to drops in crime. Frankly, like when you talk to people who have been here as long as I have in different parts of the city, they've already said that they don't have issues like they used to. Whether it's because the police were causing them or whether it's because people respect a community that takes care of itself, that's to be seen. Sure. But it's an interesting thing. And when you invest in your community and its safety, I think people are less likely to screw off because they don't think you know they feel like they're getting something over on friends versus getting something over on mm-hmm. the man. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like that that shift alone is I mean unbelievable. Yeah. Like I you know I I want to I want to be able to say more but there's really I it's just such a shocking and abrupt change it feels like it went from being a military Like dictatorship on the ground because our police really just are dicks (laughs) as we all have seen Um, but to being something that's just so different but it doesn't feel any less safe you know like your day just doesn't feel different you don't get parking tickets Mm -hmm. I mean like (laughs) you know there are things like that but like it's weird like it's just subtle stuff but you notice it where you're just like oh Okay, cool.
2: Now, does this feel like something that is sustainable?
5: Absolutely. I think, you know, I think the the, the question isn't whether it's sustainable. It's whether the system that we live in can sustain us. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we're seeing. Like right now, I think there are going to be major questions that come from this about universal basic income, about giving people the dignity to just live a friggin' yeah. life. Yeah. Especially and if I they're doing
2: they're, that kind of stuff for the community,
5: correct? Exactly. How do you and compensate you gonna,
2: it? How do you make? What's the trade-off here?
5: Well, and how do you, how do you give people some frig just a chance? Yeah. Like that's all we're asking for. I think that's all anyone wants is a chance. And I think that that's going to become more. You know, there, there's a there's an economic component to this social movement and revolution that is going to become more and more, I think, important. In the conversation about longevity, but also about what it is actually that's built the systems we're talking about. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. And you hear it on the street, you know, like those first couple nights you hear people saying out loud, COVID may kill me. I'm broke. What else do we have left to do?
2: Yeah. And what do we have to lose here? Exactly. This shit has to change.
5: Well, we have everything to gain. Like, look at what we've done. Look at what we've done in Two weeks. I mean, at this point, Pandora has opened a box that's between the pandemic shifting all of the social norms and this. It's a new world. Yeah. And I I think people are just realizing that. Yeah. Because I, I mean, hell, we've been living in such a weird thing. This just shifted the, the whole thing again. It's just it's bizarre. Yeah, It's very. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, like normally, I, normally I would try and make some kind of clever, well reasoned. I don't think there is one. I think we're living through something that is literally so fluid that none of my guesses matter. Really, I don't think any of us know what tomorrow brings, and I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm totally cool with that. It's the first time I think in any of our lives where we can say, you know what, it's all up in the air. It could go any direction.
4: Yeah, and it's kind of up to everyone continuing to be active to stop you know at some point absolutely these the the street protests um will die down and there's there's a chance that they'll die down for just a few weeks and then the police will murder somebody else and they'll crop right. up again um yeah but it's um this has to be a long haul you know like the Montgomery bus boycott lasted over a year you know like yeah. we're talking correct like this
5: is know, a long-term project now
4: yeah and I think what we'll probably see, obviously, we're seeing Minneapolis starting to experiment with like, oh, what if we just get rid of our police department? <laughs> I, I hope we'll see at least a couple of other like I am I hope we'll see that in Portland. I hope we'll see at least a few other cities attempt something like that in the next six months. And I think we will get reforms in other places. And I hope that uh, the examples of the places who do get rid of their police departments will lead to that happening more often. Like I, I don't we're not going to have this isn't a situation where we're going to have like the, the entire order overturned overnight. It's just not going to no. happen. The momentum's no. not there. The weaponry's not there, like whatever. Um,
5: but well, I, and think, in reality, I don't think you could pull that off here. Like there's just no, no there's no, no consensus way to actually on do what's it. needed.
4: Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I think there is consensus that policing needs to change. And I yes. think there's a, a growing support for the idea that like, maybe we don't need cops in the sense that cops have existed for all of our lives.
5: Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think that's yeah. absolutely on, on on the head, you know. I think that people are just ready to try you know, like the American experiment, man. Like this is mm. our experiment. Let's try some cool bold mm. things. Yeah.
4: Like, yeah. So let's all try some cool bold things is a good <laughs> good note to end on. Yeah. Carl, um, do you have anything you want to direct our audience towards? Uh in terms of donations, in terms of you know, support? I think you got an LP you want to plug?
5: No, I actually you know I really don't um you know i I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to figure out how to kind of get get some other things going. I'm gonna probably try and get together my thoughts on on how propaganda's affected the arguments that we're seeing now being brought forward, and I may try and turn that into something, but that's kind of in the planning phases, but you can find me a brain not on yet on Twitter, and uh you know, I'm just kind of here right now.
4: All right, well, um okay, that's great. I think yeah. we've got us an interview here.
2: All right. That does it for us today, guys. Thank you for listening. And you know Thank what? Thank you for listening. You can check us out online at Worst Year Pod, Instagram, Twitter. That's it. Those are the options.
4: Do, are it. The only do, only it. options. do it. Do Anything it. Do it. Anything else you do it. is forbidden.
2: Mm-hmm. And we will find out.
1: Tread. Yes. Daniel?
0: Lovely. Worst Year
2: Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
5: Yep. You know what this playground could use?
0: A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
0: ski slopes. Let's
1: do it. Um, can girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait.
0: Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why
2: California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and person every-